Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about your school's well-being programs. Thank you for your thoughts and ideas. This week, I wanted to ask you about specific tools that your school uses for communication and why. What do you value? What do you not value? I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Moat. Moat is a Chrome browser extension that allows users to attach voice recorded comments and feedback to a variety of Google-based products. Once installed on Chrome, teachers and students can use Moat to insert recordings in Google Docs, Sheets, Forms, Slides, Classroom and in Gmail messages. Users can also attach a Moat to websites and then send the Moat accompanied by the website URL by email. Students need to sign into Moat with their Google account to access the recordings and respond. Both teachers and students will need to turn on microphone access and allow Moat to access their various Google libraries for full functionality. The always free version allows recordings of up to 30 seconds long, whereas the premium version offers 90 second recordings. The premium version offers a variety of other features as well, including automated transcription of your voice recording and automated translation of that transcription. I've seen Moat used to support teacher efficiency and improve feedback. Using Moat to give personalized, differentiated feedback on work, learning and assignments, etc. has changed the processes and engagement of learning from what I've seen. Once teachers and students have granted all the appropriate permissions, the Moat system is easy to use and integrates seamlessly into a variety of Google products, including emails through Gmail. It's also a nice touch that users can add a Moat to any website, which could help teachers guide students through complex sites or point them in a relevant direction for the class. It truly goes beyond the bounds of being just an extension in that it provides a lot of creativity for classroom use, including ways to increase participation and motivation in almost any educational setting. I love Moat, and I've used it in my school for years. It's easy to use, easy to integrate, and supports all learners. I highly recommend that you take a look at Moat.com. Last week, we talked about your upcoming break. If you're interested in learning more, Go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to ask about something that will be specifically interesting for those of you who are Google users. As a Google fan myself, I like to highlight my favorite extensions and add-ons for Chrome today that significantly support me or add value to my role as an educator or for students in the classroom. If you're not a Google user, these tools will almost certainly be available on your platform of choice, and you'll have something similar if you can't find the exact one. The three things that I took into consideration before sharing this list were, number one, ease of use. In most cases, your students will need to use your Chrome extensions. You don't want to start teaching first graders how to code. It's best if you get a tool that's easy to install and use. 
Number two, access from your institution. Not all Chrome extensions are accepted in every school for a number of reasons. You might want to download an extension from the Chrome Web Store, but you need to check it out. You don't want to download it and find that it's blocked. Reach out to your administrator in case this happens. And number three, price. It depends if you need an extension for you or for all of your students. Whatever the case, you don't want a tool that costs the top dollar and doesn't give you value for money. Taking into account all of these things, here are my top 10 Google add-ons or extensions for education. Number one, Moat. Moat is built with precision to help teachers provide personalized feedback to students. As a voice note, feedback tool, you can ask questions and give feedback to students in audio. It also allows you to record and play audio clips from anywhere. It even integrates with Google Docs, Slides, Forms, Sheets, Classroom and Gmail. When it comes to pricing, you've got three options. However, the first plan has a few features to get you going. Number two, Tactic. Tactic works with Google Meet as a transcription tool. It resonates well with teachers who like taking notes in meetings for future reference. For example, when you have a teacher's meeting, you just need to download Tactic and activate it during that meeting. The tool will transcribe everything after that. Finally, you'll save and share the meetings with anyone. This helps you capture essential conversations without losing focus and 100% accuracy. Tactic's free option gives you 30 autosaves. If that's not enough, you can jump on the paid plan, which starts at $9 a month. Number three, Google Classroom. As a powerful learning management system, Google Classroom is built to make digital education easy and more accessible for both teachers and students. The tool integrates with other Google software like Docs, Slides and Sheets. It means that you can assign classroom work to your students and give feedback with ease. With integrations, teacher can create a list with educational apps like assignments in a few clicks. You can also add students and monitor what they're doing in their assignments. Google Classroom guarantees maximum security for all of your files. You can only create classes after your school has signed up for an education account in a free Google Workspace account. Number four, Loom for Chrome. Loom, in my opinion, is one of the most essential Chrome extensions. It's a video messaging tool where you can record your screen, face, or voice and create videos in just a few clicks. This helps save time as users can get straight to the point by creating and sharing their content. You can use it to record an entire lesson and send it to your students to watch. The tool comes in handy because it reduces the back and forth that takes place in an email. It currently boasts 7 million users. If you want to join Loom for Chrome, be ready to pay a recurring $8 per month fee after a 14-day trial. Number 5. Grammarly. Grammarly is one of the most popular Chrome extensions around. It's a must for me. It's a spelling and grammar checker with a clean and simple interface. Users can customize their spell checking settings with ease and check for plagiarism with just one click. Its premium version offers features for tone adjustment, word choice, and formality levels. As a teacher, everyone expects your grammar to be flawless. Grammarly checks your document to spot any mistake that might pass your eyes. Number six, Evernote Web Clipper. You can't be a good teacher if you don't feed yourself with information. But you can keep forgetting what you might read online, and you can't bookmark every web page. If you've been having this problem, Evernote Web Clipper can help you. It captures ideas and inspiration from web pages and articles that you store directly into Evernote. The best part? You can add highlights, annotations, and texts into screenshots before sharing them with your students or colleagues. Number seven, read aloud. Read Aloud has come to the rescue. It uses text-to-speech technology to transform written content into audio. 
This helps you avoid this eye-straining work of reading notes on your screen. The exciting part is that it supports over 40 languages, so every teacher from any country can make use of it to boost their productivity. To use Read Aloud, download it first and pin it to your browser. Next, open the site you want it to read and click the extension. Highlight the text and activate it. You can also change the voice, reading speed, and enable text highlighting. Number 8. Dualess. If you're a multitasking teacher like me and have never found a tool that can split your screen in two, Duoless is the one for you. The splitting takes place in two clicks and you can adjust it according to your needs. For example, you can have one tab occupying 30% of your screen while leaving the other for something else. Duoless comes in handy for teachers as you can use one page to do your research, you can open Google Docs to take notes on the fly, you don't even have to pay a dime to use Duoless, it's free. Number 9. Cami. Kami is a tool built to make Google Classroom better. It's an online document annotation and markup tool. You can highlight, underline, and strike through text in a PDF and other document. The digital classroom tool with complete assignment workflow will annotate and transform any document for teachers. With this Chrome extension, teachers can spend less time on tiresome admin and more time with their students. And number 10, stay focused. Stay Focused is a simple but useful website blocking tool. It offers a wide range of features such as the ability to block websites for a specified amount of time. Users can also selectively block in-page content such as images and videos to help them stay focused on other tasks. It is useful for increasing productivity while web browsing and the app tracking feature helps users understand where exactly they're spending their time. What are your favorite add-ons, extensions or tools for education? I'd love to hear from you to learn more about your favorite ones. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Andy here. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Andy here. Andy and I have been connected for many years, and I'm constantly inspired by his work in physical education and well-being. Andy is an innovator, keynote speaker, and physical education and well-being leader. He's the author of a book series, and his high energy and youthful personality motivates everyone in his path. Andy, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Oh, absolutely, Craig. Thanks for having me. And it gives me goosebumps when you had that passage just before the high energy and youthful personality. Keeps me young. Um, but, you know, ever since I started with uh, high-end technology in, in education, getting on a podcast with people that are from overseas and stuff is just motivating me like beyond nothing else. Really excited for this one and, and hopefully everyone can take something away. Brilliant, mate. Let's get started. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your passion? Tell us about what inspires you to do what you do. I guess it's, for me, I've always been an active person. And, and I remember back, you know, with a lot of reflection, it goes right back to like as a child and, and movement was my core focus of how I really maintained a happy lifestyle. And, you know, I grew up in the country, went to a school with 
with 50 children. You know, as you do in Australia, you know, I played tennis, I played um, football, I ran, I learned to ride bikes, which, you know, I, I always say 1984 was my best year. Um, it was year I was 10, but I worked out on my bike um, that I was able to jump five of my mates uh, over the top of my Melbourne Star Roadster. It was something that through high school, I just found that my naf- natural affection sort of came through movement and that I felt good like when I moved and rather than sitting. And I'll say that I was lucky, like I went to follow the sports stream through university, but I was lucky to fall into teaching and then fall into physical education. All of those things were were set up by chance, which was fantastic. And then it just introduced me to a whole brand new world of what I could take on passionately that was one of my passions, but then give that passion out to students. And I still like my best asset in education is connections with kids. And I'll say that wholeheartedly because without that, you can't take a child on a journey with you. You're going to take them on a journey that you're telling them to go on. And certainly like in the last 10, 15 years, the fruition of that um, and how that inspires me is really engineering the change that I guess I set up for the best model and best practice of teaching. And I find it a real positive challenge where I won't have a rapport with a child and they won't let me in because I need to work hard and I need to give them the chance to be able to connect with me and trust me before I can start teaching them. And so that stuff inspires me every day. It's really exciting, Andy, the work that you're doing. And on top of all of the stuff you've talked about, you're also a published author. Tell us about your books and and why we could engage in these. Yes, so Lynn Heffel, she's from North Carolina. She is an amazing educator over there. She started this um, book series called Literacy Enhanced Physical Education. And it intrigued me because I've got a journal and I've always written in journals um, and I write my own little stories. And I know my wife's sitting in the other room now and she's a teacher. And when we taught together the first couple of years, her class that I would teach in physical education would always go back and relay the made up stories I would make up about her. Being that storyteller really enchanted the kids and really made, again, that positive impact in their life through trust and sort of almost not higher order thinking, but higher order imagination um, in the kids. And it really built that thing to life. And so I took that storytelling. I met Lynn Heffel, who shared with me how to become an author. And that is a connection there that I really hold um, dearly because it was that connection that allowed me to go, right, Now I can take these stories that I've written and I have in my head and actually put them into print and fill a hole that I had in teaching. And the teaching, the hole in teaching was I I wanted to have something that kids could think about or read. And at the same time, it encourages that movement aspect of it. So one of my books um, is called Bicycle Billy. And it's all about uh, a child that, well, you know, it was about my adventures as a child trying to jump my mates talks through the process of how to ride a bike and it encourages that child then along that uh, as they're reading the book to go, okay, can I balance on a bike? Yes, I can balance on a bike. So can I now put one foot on a pedal and push myself forward? 
Yes, I can do that. Can I put two two feet on the pedals and start moving a little bit? Yes, I can do that. So it takes the, the child and puts them into the book. The best thing about these books too is that they're, they're almost like a personalised, like I, I didn't want to take any gender, um, I didn't want to take any race, I didn't want to take any ethnicity or any age um, and put it into that particular character. So what I did is I, I created a silhouette and that's the character. So then that person that's reading the book can actually create themselves as the character, which allows that child to actually identify straight away that this is me because I've actually illustrated myself into that position. And it gave great power because the kids started really connecting with that in class and it started motivating me to write more and more and more. And I guess the the, the best part about it, it was a real simple way of connecting literacy to physical education, but it allowed physical education to be able to go home. It allowed physical education to continue to move and be really entertained by the the fairy tale that, that the students were reading. And, you know, lo and behold, 19 books later. So they really gave me a great outlook um, as to a, a hole that I was trying to fill. But then, lo and behold, again, around the world, teachers now holding those books in their hands and engaging classes uh, with. And it's so cool. They're not only looking at the sport, but they're looking at the culture as well. I love it. Yeah, really cool. And, I, and we'll make sure the links to those are in the podcast notes as well. A lot of the things you're talking about, you're bringing to your courses on eduspark.world. You know, you have a couple of courses there. One of them is called What, Why, How of Curriculum Design and another one, Creating Your Own Energizer. You have more on the horizon as well. Tell us a little bit about these and why our listeners should jump on and learn with you here. Yeah, so EduSpark is a great platform and, um, you know, as I've learned about it so much more, gee whiz, it's set up there as a, it's it's a plateau, um, it's almost a smorgasbord going in to be able to feast on just incredible learnings from um, people around the world and having the invite to come on board was such a thrill and and then trying to think about, right, well, what what am I going to actually put to teachers to make them think? So at the, at this stage, what I'm doing is I'm starting small, uh, little snack sizes, because what I want to, um, I guess, connect with is that a lot of the EduSpark teachers um, and educators that are members on there might actually not know Andy Hare, the physical education teacher, yet. So by giving them little bite sizes um, of sessions is really critical to hear the voice and see the energy and um, and connect through education. The creating um, your own energizer is a little course that takes people through how to um, create your own energizers in the room for your own class. And my my hope there, my desire there is that the teachers that work with that will then teach their class how to use that because if each person in a class builds an energizer there's 25 energizers within a week the horizon looks really rich um and the horizon with with a little secret so don't tell anyone but we're looking at a um uh, curriculum design that that uh I've, I've sort of been working on a longitudinal design and um that came out of a a desire to think about if I was 90 years of age and I wanted to learn how to throw a tennis ball where on earth do I start because all, all our textbooks tell us that at um, six years of age, you learn how to throw a tennis ball. At 14 years of age, you should know how to throw a tennis ball. But if I'm 90 years of age and I've never thrown one, well, where, where on earth do I start? So the longitudinal curriculum sort of builds to a point of 
a lot of, okay, okay, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can't do this. And as soon as you hit a point that you can't do, that's where learning starts. And then we have a series of snack bite elements that build on top of each one of those. So um, then I'm, I'm planning a series of event management courses as well. So how to run events. And, and that's came come out of a problem that I see as physical education teachers, but just teachers in general, that we train to be teachers, not event coordinators. But a lot of part of our work is actually planning major events. And so being able to give teachers that training with that, which doesn't exist um, unless you do another major degree, will help teachers go, okay, I can be successful in my school events following these um, successful little pathways and courses. And then looking at uh, a a couple of courses on finding personal growth and, and looking at how failure is such a rich element to embrace as well. And the, the active well-being space is something I'm, I'm super passionate about. And now more than ever, I'm looking at how we can help teachers to help their students embed active well-being through an entire day, but also to help students understand how to take that home as well and and go, right, I can regulate myself by these simple tips that I've been taught uh, at school. And and so I think that that one's probably my main point of uh, real concentration and and depth of understanding there to be able to bring in the, the knowledge of how to put active well-being into a curriculum and then how to really teach the kids to self-regulate themselves with that as well. Fantastic, Andy. Yeah, again, we'll make sure the links to these are in the podcast notes as well. Let's jump into some quick fire questions. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why. What's your favorite ed tech book or resource, Andy? Oh, I have to go with, so my favorite resource um, is from Mike Cook's Isla and it's um, all about the kinesthetic classroom, so movement-based learning. What's your go-to ed tech tool that the listeners need to try? Slow motion cameras. Had to say that in slow motion. Have to go slow motion cameras. Everything's better in a slow-mo. Brilliant. Absolutely. What is one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy, progress, and succeed in your career? I love this question. And I, I went I went straight away with the obvious, but it's the um the the hidden one. I I do ice bath therapy. Um so I, you know, following Win Hoff um, and, and his work around and inspiration around ice therapy, I actually converted an old uh, freezer. And I know, shout out to my good mate Nath Weaver, who I know you know. He and I uh, worked out how to do it, sealed all the um, the insides up, filled it full of water, turn it on, and we can get the ice baths down um, to to freezing. And it's sitting in that and controlling your body through that phase, and that in itself just makes me come so much alive. So yeah, that that's the daily habit right there into the uh, the ice bath. Absolutely. That's really cool, Andy. Everything you've shared today, inspirational, so many good ideas and takeaways. What's the best way for the listeners to follow and connect with you? Um, just find me at Mr. Hair Phys Ed. Twitter, Facebook are probably the best ones. But also go and check out my website, mrhairphyzed.com, and you'll you'll be able to find all the years of work that I've put into that, but also some of those books. Probably there's probably about 100 hours of, of professional development content on there as well, which is just in, insane, all the different places I've been as well. But yeah, please, please come and, come and say hello and uh, be happy to sit down and have a chat with anyone. 
Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today, Andy. Inspirational as always. Thank you, Craig. Good on your team. Have a great day. Next week, join me for episode 89 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by Brett Salakis. Want to win a prize? Enter now at bit.ly slash edtechwin and we'll regularly announce winners of incredible prizes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.